Well, good morning, everyone. Um, hi, and hello to our online people. We're so glad to have you watching from home, and we're glad to have those of you who are here here. Um, we're just excited to worship as one big church family. And um, so, yes. Um, in case we haven't met, I'm Wendy uh, Bazat. I'm the co-lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard. And before we even get started, we're going to say our mission statement because it is who we are. So would you say it with me? We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. Everything we do is about that. So this morning we are continuing a four-part series called Anchored, um, where we talk about um, the practices that hold us steady when the storms of life come, and they will come. Like We're guaranteed that in the Word, but we know that if you've lived more than five minutes, you're going to have storms of life come. And... Um, they, I mean, we deal with doubt, we deal with disappointment, um, loss. We get tempted to give up sometimes, um, feeling like maybe we can't get better or do better or be better. Um, or sometimes we might think there's no hope for the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never thought that. <laughs> um, but without being anchored, we're going to be tossed by every wind and wave, right? Without having a, that firm foundation. So thankfully, God shows us in his word how to be anchored. He's so good to us. Um, last week, Lee talked about how God's word is one of the foundations for our lives, right? It's the truth that allows us to combat the lies and the deception of, of the enemy. And it brings um, freedom, if we read it regularly, okay, it doesn't just work by osmosis and we can't just have it in our house. We have to read it regularly and we have to meditate on it, right, and reflect on it so that we can apply it and then it's transformational um, and brings freedom. So since what we meditate on the most is what our minds conform to, it's really important that we meditate on God's word because that's what we want our minds conformed to. Um, and it's in order to stand through the storms of life, being in the Word is paramount. It's huge. Because when things come our way, we can stand on the truth. What we know is true, beyond a shadow of a doubt. And God's truth doesn't change. His Word doesn't change. So we can stand on that. Um, and remember, uh, he talked about this as well. Foundational principle that runs through the whole idea of being anchored in Christ is that um, we have to have a longing for God. And if all of the things that we do aren't motivated by a desire for him, it's just dry religious homework. And it won't last, right? Now, if you're sitting there thinking, but I don't have, a, I, I want to have a longing for God, but I don't have a longing for God. The fact that you want to have one is good. <laughs> it's a good sign. And you know, we can ask God, if we don't have that longing, we can say, God, would you please stir that in me? Would you bring hunger? I mean, just like um, the, oh, I can't remember who it was now, but who went to Jesus for healing and he said, um, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> God, I want you, but I need more hunger. And he will fill that. Like, he will answer that prayer. So, 
Um, Psalm 42, verses 1 to 2 says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where, when can I go and stand before him? So that longing for God is, is that foundation to being anchored in all these ways. So this week's anchoring practice, like we told you, is worship. And it's important to remember as we talk about uh, this, that worship isn't just a discipline. It's not just something that we do. It is what we are made for. God made us to worship him. And to worship God is to do what you were created to do. Worship is our response to the overtures of love from the Father. It's the response of the way that he loves us. And we worship the Lord not only for who he is, but for what he's done, right? And it's not only what we do when we come here to church, but it's a way of acting or living that sets us before God so he can transform us. That's what worship is. It's a way of acting or living that sets us before God in a way that he can transform us. So it's bringing stillness to what we try to do in our own strength so that the Holy Spirit can dominate the way that we live. That's worship. And when we submit to that, we have a firm foundation and the storms can't take us out. So no matter what I'm facing, bless you, or how I feel, when I worship God, I always walk away with a greater sense of stability, a greater sense of hope, a greater sense of peace, right? And I can go into a time of worship grieving and feel comforted and less alone. Does that mean that when we worship, all pain and all problems go away? No. It just means that in his presence, we find the comfort or the peace or the rest or the wisdom or whatever it is that we need to walk through them, right? I can begin to praise him when I'm fearful, and I can come out full of faith. And something about adoring God and turning my focus on him just to praise him and love on him changes everything. Because when we worship, we set out to minister to him, but somehow he transforms us. That's just the way God is. And, I mean, oh, we'll get into it. I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> um, so, real quick, I want to pray. Let's pray real quick. Holy Spirit, we want to hear whatever you would want to say to us today about worship. And so, I ask that you would come and that you would minister to each individual heart. God, I know that you have a word for us as a body, but I also believe that you have words for individual hearts. So I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open to that, that we'd be listening, that we'd be sensitive to your spirit, and God, that we would, um, God, that we would just open ourselves up to you. Have your way. Let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to look at Romans chapter 12 in verse 1. Um, it says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This 
is truly the way to worship him. So if you remember one thing this morning, remember this. To worship is to change. Worship should propel us into greater obedience. Because to stand before the Holy One of eternity is to change. Resentments can't be held in the same way when we experience his presence, right? If you truly experience the presence of God and you're, and you're mad at somebody, doesn't that kind of change your perspective? Right? We can't hold on to that anymore because we're experiencing the presence of the living God. Fear can be washed away in the light of his glory because we see how big he is. And we don't have to be afraid anymore. Right? You might find yourself in a time of confession during worship because being in his presence convicts us of sin. That's a good thing. Our humanity is contra contrasted with his holiness in a time of worship, and, and we can be moved to um, repentance. Worship increases power in our lives and compassion for others as we draw near to the heart of God. We, we see more what is on his heart, and it becomes what's on our heart. And it involves us opening ourselves to the adventurous life of the Spirit. Did you know that living in the Spirit is an adventure? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not just, worship is not just a feel-good moment. It is a deliberate surrender to God. It is leaving everything at his feet. All that we are and all that we have, it's giving it to him. So, based on what Romans 12, 1 says, and all of that, if, if worship is to change us, what is that kind of worship like? How can we experience that? Well, the first thing is, is we have to understand it's all about him. So we do experience healing and freedom when we worship, but worship is all about God. It's all about him. And if we don't see him for who he is, we will simply go through the motions. Have you ever had that experience where you're like driving in the car and you're like, wait, how did I get here? All of a sudden, the last few minutes are gone. It's a little bit of a scary moment. But that happens sometimes in worship, doesn't it? We're singing the song, and all of a sudden, like, oh, we're done. Because, we you know, we go somewhere else. We don't even realize what we're doing. We're going through the motions, right? But when we see God for who he is, and we meditate on the words that we're singing, and we think about who, who we're worshiping, then we're not going through the motions where we are honoring him. So notice that Romans 12, 1 begins with, and so. It said, and so, dear brothers and sisters, right? So when we see something that says, and so, that means there's something before that that's connected. So if we're going to look at chapter 11, beginning in verse 33. And it says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? 
everything comes by him from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory all glory to him forever amen and so offer your bodies as living and holy sacrifices why because he everything exists by his power right our heart beats because of his power we take our next breath because he gives it to us and so right isaiah 6 when he talks about seeing the lord and the angels are singing holy 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 right as they circle the throne they sing holy 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 is the lord god almighty and in that particular passage in the original language the word holy signifies separated so it's not just that he's pure but he's separated that means he's separate from all things that are created he's the only one there's no one like him he's incomprehensible he's omniscient he's indescribable we can't we can't even say what he's like he's just separate he's just holy and then when they repeat it it's like they're saying it every time with greater emphasis and greater force he's the holiest of the holy holies like that's that's what it means it's he's they're emphasizing he's not just separate he's like the separatist of the separate of the there's you can't even imagine him there's so many facets to him that we don't know And a little bit of a side note, in, the, in some of the accounts that we read in the Bible, well, the three that I know of where we see the throne room, the Lord is seated on the throne, right? And that is an indication that he is in control. He's, he's not worried. He's sitting down, right? One more reason to worship him. God is in control, so we have to understand that it's all about him, the one who um, gives us our next breath. He is worth our worship. And next, allow the Holy Spirit to dominate the way that you live. So like I said, worship is not just an activity that we do when we're gathered together as the church. It's a way of life. By acknowledging our dependence on him, we are ascribing him worth. So if we're used to doing our regular daily activities in our own strength and our own wisdom, we will do the same thing when we come and gather for worship. We will do that in our own strength, in our own wisdom, by our own preferences. However, if we act and live in a way that sets us before God, like I said, allowing him to change us, allowing him to transform us, in every part of our lives, then that will flow into our corporate worship as well. And simply by looking for him throughout your day, asking his guidance in decisions, asking his guidance in conversations, right? Looking to him, what would you have me do? That's ascribing him worth. That's worship. By submitting every area of your life to him. And it reorients you, right, towards the right things. It changes us when we do this. Next, focus all that you are on him. 
Now that seems, you know, obvious. If we're worshiping, we're going to focus all that we are on him. But again, it's so easy to go through the motions. John 4, 23, Jesus is talking and he says, But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. So the truth is who he is. And the only way to come to that truth is through the Spirit. His Spirit touches our spirit and we come alive, right? And what we learn through Scripture is that God does the pursuing. And it even says that the Father is looking. He's seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's pursuing. So it's up to us to respond to his spirit. We have that decision to make. And our worship is a response to his overtures of love. So we have a choice whether we're going to turn our focus on him or if we're simply going to go through the motions. And it's not about the place as much as it is about the state of mind when we worship him. So what I'm saying is the forms are not the worship. Singing, the singing, um, the praying, praising, all those things may lead to worship, but they are not the actual worship. The state of our heart is where the actual worship is. So it's about where our focus and our attention are. I mean, I can lift my hands all day and be somewhere else in my mind, in my heart, right? I could even be lifting my hands, singing the words to the song, and be thinking about how mad I am at so-and-so because they said that to me. Is that worship? I mean, we have to look at what's, where's the focus of our heart? And now, of course, we can come as we are to God, that's the wonderful thing about God is we can come as we are. But when we put our focus and attention on him and we're listening to him, when, if we're doing that, we're, we're like thinking about how angry we are, we're going to hear his sweet voice saying, you got to let that go, right? And he's going to begin to convict us and we're going to begin to walk in forgiveness. And so our focus and attention need to be on him. And when we see him, this is what we were singing this morning and what we're talking about through this whole thing. When we see him as he is, we can't help but praise. When you see God for who he is, you cannot help but praise. I mean, he's amazing. <laughs> so, when, and the other thing that we could do to worship in spirit and truth is that when we gather, come with expectancy. The people in the Bible, when they gathered for worship, they 100% believed that they were going to hear God's voice. 100% believed that they were going to experience his presence because they prepared for it, right? The Bible talks about how they prepared to go into the presence of God because they believed we're going to meet him. Do we think about that when we come to worship him, whether here or in our own home, do we think I'm going to meet him? Or do we just kind of wonder if he's going to show up? Or do we think about it at all? Come expecting. Come believing that you, we, are going to encounter God. Because his word says he inhabits the praises of his people. He, wants, he lives in the praises of his people. He wants to 
come and minister to you and love on you even more than you want him to. So if you come expecting, you're more likely to see it happening. If you don't come expecting, that doesn't mean he wasn't here. <laughs> it just might mean you weren't tuned in at that moment. So come believing that you're going to encounter God. And this happens more when we're filled with that inward worship I was talking about. When we let the Holy Spirit dominate our lives and we worship him through the way that we live and in our conversations and all those things, when that happens in our daily lives, then it's so much easier to come into this place believing we're going to see him, that we're going to encounter him, right? And lastly... Engage your whole being in praise. Okay, so God made us spirit, soul, and body. And all of those things should be employed in our praise. Spirit, soul, and body. The Bible describes worship in physical terms. So the root meaning for the Hebrew word we translate worship is to prostrate. So the word thanksgiving refers to an extension of the hand. That's probably why we do this. <laughs> Not just surrender, but thanksgiving. That's what that means. So we're to present ourselves to God in a posture consistent with the inner spirit in worship. If our inner spirit is, you know, to say, we're ascribing him worth, we are um, letting him dominate our lives, we are saying that he is holy, that he is are all in all, then our physical being should mirror that, right? So kneeling, lifting hands, standing, lifting the head, dancing, lying prostrate, all demonstrate adoration and humility to the king of kings. Singing actually provides a medium for the expression of emotion. Yes, emotion is involved in worship. We express our joy and our thanksgiving through singing, and it serves to focus us. It actually helps to center our mind and our spirit, especially when we're listening to the words that we're singing and we're thinking about what we're singing. And singing literally releases hormones that help alleviate anxiety and stress. Interesting how God did that. So literally... We are just releasing all the things, and especially if we're consciously saying, Jesus, this is for you. Take it all, right? And as a result, because you're alleviating that anxiety and stress, music and singing enables you to focus on the present moment and regain that connection with God. So if you're ever having trouble, you know, focusing during our times of worship here, try singing. It doesn't matter what you sound like. We don't care. Nobody's listening to you anyway. It's fine. They're all worried about what they sound like. <laughs> it's okay. And if worshiping, if worship is about offering a sacrifice, like we read in Romans 12:1, then temperament can't be an argument. We can't. I mean, different personalities may express praise differently. That's going to happen. But we can't use our temperament as an excuse to not express at all. Well, I'm just, I've never been expressive. But 
there's something in your life that gets you excited or makes you at least smile, maybe sing a little bit, right? We all have something. Temperament cannot be an excuse. I mean, can you imagine being in a relationship where the other person never expressed their love for you? If Lee just always said to me, I love you, but he never hugged me, he never, like, he never bought me anything. I don't know, that's, I shouldn't say bought me anything. He never gave me a gift. He never wrote me a note. He never, like, you know, did something for me just out of love. I would, I'd start to wonder if all I heard was, I love you, I love you, I love you. Really? But see, God just pours out his love on us. He sends his son, and he does all these things, like, beyond that, right? Gives us healing and freedom and forgiveness. And we go, thanks, God, I love you. What is that? <laughs> it's funny. But, I mean, it's, we have to think about those things because if his if the way he's loved us doesn't stir us, then we need to think about where we're at in our heart. And it also means if, if we're to offer a sacrifice of praise, if worship is about a sacrifice, it also means we can't use our preferences as an excuse to abstain from worship. This is a big one. If he's worthy, we offer a sacrifice of praise. Because remember, it's our response to his love and pursuit of us. It's not our response to that song or that particular team or whatever, right? Now, we all have certain types of worship that we, you know, it's easier to respond to. 100%. We all have our preferences. But we can't think things like, well, this isn't the kind of worship that meets my need. That doesn't work, because the real question in worship is not, what will meet my need? It's, what kind of worship does God call for? And God calls for wholehearted worship. God calls for a sacrifice of praise. And so he's looking for us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. He held nothing back, so neither should we. And we won't always feel like it, but we choose it because he chose us. I don't always feel like doing something for Lee. But I choose it because I chose to love him, right? And often, when you step out and you make a choice and you do something in love towards someone, you begin to feel it again, right? And it's the same with the Father. And we get to come to him exactly as we are. He does not expect us to get it all together before we come to him. That's reason enough, <laughs> to offer thanksgiving and praise. But then when we don't feel like it, and we offer that sacrifice of praise anyway, and then he comes down and he just ministers to us, then we want to worship more, right? It's just an unending cycle. But he is faithful always to meet us in that time. 
We choose it because he chose us. So I want to challenge you to take a step into deeper worship today. And here's the thing. We learn to worship by worshiping. That's how we do it. You can't just read a book and then go, yep, I know how to worship now. You have to do it. And think about this. When we are in his presence in eternity someday, that's what we're going to be doing. Might as well practice. Might as well get it on down here so that you're ready. But we learn by worshiping. So express thanks to God throughout the day. That's worship. When something um, blesses you, when someone blesses you, express thanks to God for that. God, thank you for Peggy. She, she's so wonderful. And, I mean, that's, that's worship to God, right? The sunrise, the beautiful weather, your health, or as you're reading Scripture and reflecting on it, there's plenty in there that you can, you can thank God for. It should move you to praise. God, thank you for the way that you love me. Thank you for the, your word that brings truth and, and life to my, to my life. Submit in the daily things. Practice by letting the Holy Spirit lead you in how you spend your leisure time today. I know we're all afraid to give up our leisure time to the Holy Spirit. What if he tells me I have to pray the whole time? I really wanted to go and take a bike ride, or I wanted to take a nap. But sometimes, no, I have heard, I've, I've literally heard of people who've done, like, people I really admire who um, do this. They submit to God, God, what do you want me to do today? Or sometimes, like, they they're with their children. They're like, God, what would you have us do today? And God, God tells them the most amazing things. Sometimes it is take a nap, right? God might lead you to take a nap. But that's worship is submitting your time to him, submitting your life to him, letting him dominate how you live your life or how you respond in a conversation. Don't forget that one. Say a quick prayer before you respond. Express your love for God in a new way as we worship today. As we sing one more song in a few minutes, try lifting your hands if you've never done that before. Try kneeling. Don't allow concern of what others may think keep you from worshiping in spirit and in truth or with your whole heart. You know what others might think? Others might think, oh, that releases me. Somebody has to go first, right? <laughs> And when we worship, it often releases others and gives them the freedom to worship as well. And expect to hear his voice. Expect to receive healing. Expect to be convicted of sin. Expect to be changed. Because that's what worship is about. Being in his presence will anchor you like nothing else. Because you see how big he is, how much he loves you, how faithful he is, and and then you feel safe, right? Like that song we sing sometimes, and it's an old one. It says, um, turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's because when we see him and we go, you know, you come to him with 
all the burdens of the world on your shoulders, and then you see him and you go, oh, that's nothing. Look at him. He can do anything. He's huge. And not only is he all-powerful, he's loving and kind and forgiving. And so all that other stuff looks like nothing compared to him. So maybe you don't have much context for this because maybe you don't yet have a relationship with him at all. Maybe you don't know him. Um, or maybe you're not where you need to be with him and you feel like, you know what, I used to be able to worship like that, but I don't feel like I can do that now. Today, you can come back into right relationship with him. Today, you can meet Jesus. If you want to, he's waiting. Remember, he pursues us. He comes after us. And the, the fact that you are here or you're listening online, God orchestrated that because he's pursuing you. He wants you to draw near to him. He's drawing near to you. So if that's you today, I would, I would ask you to get prayer from our prayer team members. Or if you're online, you can even submit a prayer request online Put it in the comments. If you don't want to put it in the comments, send us an email through the website. Get in touch with, send us a message through Facebook Messenger. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you more about that decision. But don't wait because God is pursuing you with his love. So we're going to spend, guess what? We're going to worship. <laughs> so if our worship team would come, um, we're going to spend some time just looking at him and um we did have, uh, and during this time, if you want to get prayer, please get prayer. Um, we had a word during our time before in prayer where God, God is wanting to offer rest. And um, basically, we, we tend to think about rest as being a period of time or... Um, but the word was that this rest doesn't have anything to do with where you are in life, like your season of life, or where the world is, or anything that's happening at this point. That the rest that God is offering, and of course he offers this to all of us, but the rest that God is offering you is for in the midst of all of that. So if that's you and you're feeling like, I really need rest, but, I f but you felt like you couldn't enter into it because of everything going on around you, get prayer today. Remember Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And his rest is for our souls. So get prayer if that's you today. But let's worship him. Would you stand with me? If you want to stand, if you want to kneel, you can kneel. You could do whatever you want to worship God this morning. But I just want to... Um, Say a quick prayer. Um, just do, just take a moment to, to close your eyes or do what you need to do to be able to just focus on Jesus for a moment. Shut the world out around you.
was and is and is to come. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. to see how you are here. You're here right now. Singing your song of love over us. 